0: Long History. After Magellan, Point Part 7. Peace and Escape. Hello everyone and we're on to Point 7 now of Long History's After Magellan. Hello to any new listeners, this is the first document we're looking at in our series called Forgotten Voyages. This was the first Spanish expedition to attempt to reach the Spice Islands after Magellan's famous voyage. Now initially it was headed by Commander Garcia-Jofre de Loaiza, although he's already died by this part of the document and the account here was written by Captain Andrés Durdaneta, a friar and explorer who took part in the expedition. The journey began on the 24th of July 1525 and lasted for over a year, but Urdaneta's account continues to include his decade on the Spice Islands. He returned to Europe in 1536. The original Spanish of this document has been exclusively translated for long history. And so as this episode begins it is 1531 in the Spice Islands there have been constant skirmishes between the Portuguese and the Spanish on the islands for years, with the Portuguese eventually coming out on top. However, there was a third party, and in the previous episode most of the local people, tired of these constant squabbles between the Europeans, rose up against the Portuguese. The Spanish, what few of them were left by now, managed to escape the worst of these rebellions due to the friendships they had made and their own weakened state. However, the Portuguese had been severely attacked, leaving them struggling to survive. As this episode begins, the leader of the Portuguese, Gonzalo Pereira, has recently been killed. The Portuguese ask for help, leading to a sudden and surprising outbreak of peace. So here we go with part seven of After Magellan, peace and escape. A month after the death of the said Gonzalo Pereira, the Portuguese sent a well-armed galley to Gilolo, where we were, to ask for supplies in exchange for their monies They were in great need. Seeing their need, we were able, with our dealings with the governor and the lords of the land, to get them to give them many supplies for their monies, as much as the galley could take. Seeing this, the Indians from Ternate knocked down the fence they had around the fortress. In this way, we reached our understandings with the Portuguese and those of Ternate, making agreements and friendships with them. As a result, the Portuguese and the Indians became our very good friends. During the said year, 1531, I gave the account of all the things that had happened written by Fernando de la Torre, for your majesty, to an Anibal Cernice Maluco, who swore at a consecrated altar to take it, if he did not die on the journey. In the year 1532, as we now had a great friendship with the Portuguese, we asked the captain of the Portuguese, who was then Vicente de Fonseca, that, as we wanted to send an ambassador to their governor in India. Could he order a ship to be given? The said Vicente de Fonseca replied that it would please him a great deal, so this was agreed. Thus, we sent Pedro de Montemayor to the governor of Portuguese India. Making it known that we had been in Maluco for a long time yet had not received any orders from your majesty. And that, also, we had received news that your majesty had given Maluco to the King of Portugal for 300,000 ducados. For this reason we would like to return to Spain leaving the said land of the Portuguese. Yet we had no ship for the journey. We appealed to him to send us a vessel, so that we could go to Spain. For this purpose we asked him to put a thousand ducados on your majesty's account for our expenses, as we were all spent up. The said Pedro de Montemayor left Maluco for India in January 1532. When he left, we were in total 27 or 28 men, because all the others had died of illness due to the great hardships we had suffered of the spirit, as well as of our personages. We suffered great hardship during this time, because we had no shoes, and also had nothing to spend because the King of Gilolo had tired of being our provider for so long. If it hadn't been for many mountain pigs that we had killed, we would have suffered greater hardships still. In the year 1533, in October, the said Pedro de Montemayor returned from Portuguese India to Maluco accompanied by a captain of the King of Portugal who was called Tristan de Taide, who came as captain-general and governor of Maluco, And the governor of the said India sent us a boat in which we could go, with a captain, Jordan de Fretes, native of the island of Madeira, and he also sent us the thousand ducados we had asked of him, although the said Tristan de Taide did not want to give us them until we came to their side. The governor also sent us a dispatch that we asked of him, so that no captain of the King of Portugal, Could detain us in any of the fortresses where we should go, nor could they have any jurisdiction over us. When the Indians of Xilolo found out that we wanted to pass over to the Portuguese, they were very upset and wanted to detain us. To this purpose, they went to war with the Portuguese even against our wishes, and the Portuguese thought that we had knowingly caused it. For this reason, they sent us many threats, promising that they would come with a great fleet and to take the life of each and every one of us. On the other side, the Indians also wanted to kill us because we did not want to help them in their fight against the Portuguese. In this way, we were threatened by the one group and the other. When we saw this bad turn of events, we made the Indians think that we wanted to support them even though this was not the case. When the Portuguese came to the town of hilolo with a large fleet, their captain went alongside the land in a canoe looking for somewhere to land. When a Castilian saw him, he got in the water with his shotgun and shot at them from behind a mangrove. During this shooting, he shouted, so that the said captain understood that we did not want war with them. Then he ordered a proclamation throughout all the boats that no Portuguese or Indian should dare to do any harm to any Castilian. And so, the following day at dawn, the Portuguese landed with the Indians that travelled with them, and they took the town of Chilolo. because when the Indians saw that we did not want to fight, they then fled... And as they attacked, they killed the quartermaster, Diego de Salinas, with an accidental shot. We went with the Portuguese to their fortress without suffering any harm from them. At this time, only seventeen of us remained, because all the others had died. When we passed over to the Portuguese, they gave the captain the thousand ducados, which were divided between us all after he had himself taken what was just. Most of the companions then set off for India with the said Jordan de Fretes. The departure was on the 15th of January 1534, but I remained in Maluco with orders from the said Fernando de la Torre to recover certain units of clothes that the Indians owed your majesty, and also to the same Fernando de la Torre and other people from his company. And as I worked on recovering these things, the said Tristán de Taide, captain of the Portuguese, found out about it, and he called for me, and he told me not to ask for anything from the Indians because if he found out about it, he would severely punish me. He ordered the same to be said to some of the kings of Maluco and other particular people among the Indians who owed clothes to your majesty, that no one should pay anything. For this reason I dared not make any such request of the Indians. Also, before Fernando de la Torre left Maluco, the said Tristantaide ordered of all the Castilians that everything that we had during the past wars taken from the Portuguese should be returned and what they took from us, they would not return. In the year 1528, when Saavedra came from New Spain, he found in the Celebes Islands some three Castilians from our company on an island called Saragán, and of these said men, two of them were Galicians and the other one Portuguese, from the Santa Maria de Parral Caravel. The said Saavedra rescued them because the Indians had sold them, keeping them as slaves. He took them with him to Maluco. These said three men told us that the first island where they arrived in the caravel, where they were going on the Celebes archipelago, was in Vendanao, in the port of Bisaya. Sending the Batel boat to land for supplies, the Indians of that land took and killed all the men who were inside, and those of the caravel, when they saw this, set sail for Maluco. Passing alongside an island called Sanguin, a stormy wind hit them, capsizing the caravel, and all was lost when the indians on land saw this they came upon them capturing and killing all the castilians of the said caravel and as the indians now had them in their power they sold them to the other islands and said that there were another seven or eight men on the said islands of the celebes when the said fernando de la torre learned that there were more christian prisoners on the said celebes islands he ordered five or six boats to rescue the said christians that could be found in the said celebes islands and just as the said parao boats were about to leave one of the Galicians revealed to a Galician that had gone in our ship that it was true that the Indians in Bataya had taken the battle boat of the said caravel with all its people, but that afterwards in the caravel the people had mutinied, for which reason they had thrown the captain Don Jorge Manrique and Don Diego his brother and one Benavides alive into the sea, and in the sea they had killed them with lances, and that these two said Galicians had taken part in this and wanted to pass over to the Portuguese because they were concerned that this would become known. When the said boats left for the said Celebes islands, the two Galicians and the Portuguese man went with other Castilians because they knew the language of those islands. And, three or four days after their departure, this other Galician of our company found out what the other had discovered. Finding this out, the said captain Fernando de la Torre then invited a very light boat to follow them, with orders that the three men be returned to Maluco under arrest and well guarded and when the said parau boat left, it reached the others in the place called Samafo. One of the Galicians became wary and fled ahead inland, afterwards passing over to the Portuguese. The other two were captured and taken to Tidore, even though the Portuguese was not guilty of anything as he did not take part. They gave the Galician a certain rope-based treatment, during which he confessed what he had done, after which the captain ordered him to be drawn and quartered. This was done, and we did not make any attempt to send rescue to the Christians, who were still there? I was in Maluco with Macias del Pollo, a pilot who had remained with me, until February 1535, and the Portuguese captain wanted to detain us in Maluco because he wanted to send a caravel boat to the Celebes Islands, and wanted to send us along with it, because from some Indians of the Celebes Islands he had found out that some islands on the Celebes Archipelago contained a great deal of gold. He also found out that there was a great deal of sandalwood on the said archipelago a sample of which having been brought to the Portuguese captain. This sandalwood is a very substantial commodity in Portuguese India because its size and weight make it worth 40 ducats per unit in Malacca. During the time when Fernando de la Torre left Maluco, I remained under condition that the following year, 1535, I would leave for the said India in company of a trader called Lisuate de Cairo, in his junk, and also that the said Tristan de Taide captain of the fortress, would not detain either me or my companion the pilot against our will. Owing to this, he let us go, giving us permission to go to Malacca, with the Sedli Suarte Cairo. This section began with a sudden turn of events, when peace broke out after the Portuguese asked for help. The initial Spanish journey headed by Loaiza to the Spice Islands began in 1525. By 1532, the few remaining Spanish men were more concerned with returning home than occupying the Spice Islands. They appear to have learned that the King of Spain himself has ceded his claims to the islands. The Spanish in Gilolo, therefore, asked the Portuguese for help to return home. The Portuguese accepted this plea. Urdaneta, however, the writer of this document, has stayed behind after some of the men have gone. There is something of an interlude during which Urdaneta tells us about a previous mutiny and its consequences, including the possibility that Castilians could still be surviving on some of the islands. For now, however, they will not be rescued. As this episode ends, Urdaneta is finally saying goodbye to the Spice Islands after almost a decade. In the next episode, he begins his journey home. That's all for After Miguel and Part 7, Peace and Escape. Thank you for listening, Don't forget to subscribe to be informed of the release of the remaining three episodes in this series. If you can't wait till then, don't forget there's plenty to explore on Long History. We've covered Magellan, Columbus, Francis Drake and a lot more. Please give this episode a like, thank you for listening and goodbye.